Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. I'm Greg Thomas, and we are so glad to have you join us again on this, what is sure to be a very challenging and yes. interesting discussion. Yes. To my left in the studio, Dave Ham, glad to have you. Hey, glad to be here, Greg. And with us again, Jesse Carrasco, our program manager slash producer. Jesse. Hey. And we just snatched out of our office. She was on the phone acting busy. Uh, Tiffany <laughs> Michelle is with us. <laughs> hey. So all of us are here, or a good number of us are here, because uh, this is going to be a part one uh, of what is sure to be two, maybe even three mm. uh, podcasts, because it's one of those subjects that uh, has been, uh, uh, people have stayed away from it, Dave, for a long time, yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, but it's a very legitimate topic. It's something that we have to talk about and get your feedback on. And, of course, we are going to go to the Word of God and make sure that uh, uh, we offer uh, some conclusions uh, to all of this discussion uh, at the end. Uh, so we do want you to stay around. Uh, we've got a few announcements to get out of the way because we don't, we're probably not going to break for a while. So let's get all that out of the way <laughs> uh, right here on TSC Music with the Mission. Don't go away. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, we see one of the most tangible evidences of the anger of God being displayed through Jesus Christ when he went into the temple. And the scripture says he threw out all of those that were buying and selling. They were doing money changing and even selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. What really were the people stealing? To understand it, you have to go back to the Old Testament and see that when the temple was built, it was the desire of God to answer the prayers of those who would come into his house. Be it a stranger to the things of God or one of his own children, he wanted to show himself strong, but religion in these forms had taken this power away. Have you ever seen that God desperately wants to answer your prayer. If you do, you'll know it's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. And we're back. And again, I'm Greg Thomas, and uh, we're here with some really good friends here in the studio. We are going to talk about a topic, but before I mention the topic, let me just tell you where it's birthed. I don't use Facebook a whole lot, but when I do, I'm usually catching up on family and friends and trying to, you know, just Sure. You know, get up to date to what's happening, what Dave's doing, what Tiffany's doing, yeah. what Jesse's doing, you know, and uh, that's that's our extended reach, if you will, uh, uh, on, on just being included in what our family's and to friends are exciting doing. exciting for you, Greg. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Every time you come uh, on. But I got to tell you, I was on vacation last week, and I uh, saw this article. This not an article. I saw a post by some complete stranger. I don't know who the person was, and I think what happened, I was just kind of going through the timeline. And a friend of a friend of a friend just reposted it, and there it was. Mm -hmm. 
And it, I was horrified. I was horrified. I was mortified by what I saw. It was just a picture right. with a one-line comment. Uh, and I don't remember the comment verbatim, uh, but it was the picture of a check written by a church to a drummer. And the amount of the check was $15. And I wasn't horrified at the check. I was horrified at the fact that this musician found it necessary to post it with the name of the church fully listed on the check yeah, with the amount and his caption was something to the extent of how dare they. Right. Wow. And I was mortified as a musician, as a minister of the gospel. I was blown away by yeah, this. The and whole I, thing in is fact, bad. I was furious. I was. I was. I was so angry at what I saw. And I was like, what? What gives him the, the audacity to needlessly just put it all out there, expose what yeah. could be an infirmity or, you know, or just a lack of the yeah. church. Now, here's a church now who will never get to defend themselves. You know, right. we don't know if there was a previous discussion, if there was a an agreement made and the church fell short or, you know what I mean? We right. don't really know the story behind it. But the fact that he felt it necessary to post it and expose this matter and then the comments were really what drew me uh, because I don't normally read through the comments, mm-hmm. but there were like 58 of them at that time. And I said, wait a minute, this has generated some conversation. Yeah, I bet. And I had to read through it, and I was just mortified even more, because a lot of the comments were from non-Christian musicians, probably 60% of them. Mm. I I would say non-Christian, based on their comments. Right. Just unbelievably uh, self-serving, unbelievably unrighteous, (laughs) for lack of a better term. Uh, and then there were others that were cloaked in Christianese and people throwing out scripture without understanding and, yeah. you know, uh, using all of the, you know, typical terms, you know, the servant is worthy of his hire and the, what about the <laughs> Levitical priesthood and st- and then they some people spelled Bible Levitical wrong, <laughs> you know, and it was, I was just horrified. And, I, and, I, and so I had to comment and I started my comment by saying, I don't usually comment. Because I don't really know any of you guys, but this is horrible. And I pretty much said what I just said to you uh, in my comments and um, got a couple amens. You know, nobody disagreed because I I think it was a safe correction Hmm. uh, that you couldn't disagree with. And uh, so nobody disagreed. But uh, a couple days later, the comments continued and uh, I I was just mortified. So. Here we are, because we have to talk about, I feel like I, I, I have to address it, being a musician uh, and, and uh, having been in, in, in a musician in church for now 32 years, um, uh, I think it's worth discussing. So we want to talk about this topic of pay for play. Now, some people want to ask the question, should musicians get paid in the church? I think it's bigger than that. you know. Uh, but we'll call it for the sake of this podcast, pay play and should we uh, <laughs> now I, re- I remember when I was uh, growing up in the church you know I was one musician told me once he says uh, um, and I wasn't and this wasn't a, t- a discussion of whether I should be paid or not but it was uh, he, he said to me I said how do you how do you better you how do you get stronger and better in, in your craft as, as a church musician right and he said two things he said one one thing but he used two words he says pray and play mm. <laughs> Pray and play. And this generation, unfortunately, and not just this generation, because I looked through those comments, 
And some of these people have been around for a while, and because their pictures are up on their profiles. And if that's not you, shame on you. Uh, but if that's you, then you've been around long enough to know that uh, you can't steer this generation into a pay-for-play relationship with the church. It's just wrong, mm. and it doesn't profit. It profits nobody. Yeah. Um, and it's happening. It's oh, it's been happening for a long yeah. time, and nobody wants to talk about it. The the the, the church doesn't talk about it. Often, now I'll be the first one to say, as a musician, I have, I have, uh, I'm on staff. I thank God for it. I've been on staff here for almost 15 years. I thank God for it. Mm-hmm. And as a church musician, since I was 13, I drew, I've drawn an income as a church musician. Never asked for it though. Uh, in fact, I was surprised when, and in 1981, when I was taking home 45 dollars a week for doing a choir rehearsal and playing for a church service. I was, I was, I was delighted. How old? I was 13. Hey, that's a lot of money in 1981. That's good money. Absolutely. But I was delighted and glad and grateful. Um, that's good. And I didn't have the biblical, I didn't have any kind of knowledge to know whether or not, uh, you know, this should be happening or not. But um, the reality is that's what's been happening. Yeah. And I, I vowed, you know, by the time I was 20, I was at this one church till I was 19. And when I was 20, uh, by that time, I was coming to a, a, a an understanding, a better understanding uh, in my walk with the Lord and decided that I'm just going to do this for God 100 mm-hmm. percent. And I didn't I, I, I was afraid to charge people for services like that. Mm. And so I never did. I've never charged for a single uh, service as a musician for the church. Now, I've done weddings and I've done some other things, but I wouldn't charge. I didn't have the guts to. And uh, and I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm sitting here, God has never has has met every single need. Yeah. As a result of my giving this to Him, uh, and and I don't exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating. I've not gone without. I've not been rich. You know, uh, there's some keyboards in the store that I wanted and I couldn't afford to buy them, <laughs> and a couple of other things. But but my needs were always met. There was always something, and, and God always made a way for the gas to get in the car or for something to happen. And from age thirteen to now, and I'm I'm blood of high, you know, and I'm a little older. <laughs> I love the way you put that. That was uh, that I can still draw an income, but the reality is, I would still be serving the Lord and giving Him this gift, whether I was doing it full time or not. Yeah. But was that income always from the church as a musician? That income was always from the sources? church and as a musician. But it didn't meet all my needs. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, I had to have a day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I wasn't above working a day job, and I've I've worked many of them, you know, uh, and not all of them were jobs that I loved or enjoyed, and I would have loved to do music full time. But the point is, is that I, what I was able to do, even if it was five dollars here, twenty five dollars here, forty five dollars there, fifty five dollars there. By the time I left that church, by the way, it was up to one hundred and thirty five dollars. Uh, after seven years, so I got a raise. <laughs> now, one hundred thirty-five dollars. You know that didn't keep up with inflation, but I wasn't living on forty-five dollars a week either. Right. You know, I was still at home, so it was it was still you know gas money back and forth, two cities away, and uh, although I wasn't driving, <laughs> you know, and then if I you know if I wanted to go to the store and get some a knee-high orange and some Cheetos, I was able to do that because that was my. That was my snack of choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and so we want to talk about this because I think there's a sense of, there's a spirit of entitlement mm. that has come over uh, a lot of musicians in the church 
Um, and I, and I, when I say that, they, I, I mean just that. There's a sense that, you know, because I have given this to the church, I'm entitled to being compensated for what I do. And I got to ask the question, then, if the musician is entitled for compensation for what he does, then why not the whole choir? And then where would the church be? Yeah. I mean, that raises a tough question. Uh I'm sure even there's choir members that are wondering if I can be <laughs> <laughs> compensated a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm the chief soloist, you know. I got most of the solos. I should be uh, yeah. twenty-five dollars a week, please. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh oh man, yeah, the, the balance, or maybe there is no balance. I don't. Maybe it's just hmm. And I and for me, a part of it too. Sometimes I see where some of these musicians are. Um, I think so, like you you use. You said something, Greg, about kind of like the overall picture, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the musician, um, the needs. Mm -hmm. um, And I I think about the overall picture in light of the musician that wants to do this full time or maybe the musician that feels like he's spending more time in the church or, or playing in ministry. And he's spending just as much time as on his full job, his full time job as he is in the church. Um, and you know, we want to be able in this podcast to just kind of really explore a couple of different areas in this conversation, right? Because then there's those that are like, wait, so I'm not supposed to ask for anything, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, you know, cause sometimes when I'm asked to like go or to speak somewhere, um, I'm always trying to, you know, depending on where, right. I'm right. racking my brain like, okay. Do I not ask for nothing? Mm-hmm. I just need to trust you, Lord. All right. But oh my goodness, I, you know, this, the place where they just asked me is two hours away. Right. Don't I need to ask for some gas money? <laughs> I mean, I just want to be able to make it back home. Yeah. You know, so, and then, then you, so you, you'll, you'll, and it's, it's like hit and miss all the time. But what it is really is just trusting God and just a faith walk mm-hmm. in this process. So, Lord, at the end of the day, are you going to meet my needs? Are you going to get me home? Um, but then just the reality of it is those experiences where you show up, yeah. they don't give you nothing. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was just wonderful. Yeah. And then um, in other places you go um, and they give you something, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. And um, going back to the musician and going back to just that overall picture, um, I love what you established, though, in the beginning of this, which was um, the contrast between pay for play mm-hmm. um, or pray and play um and obviously um and some of you may hear and be like okay all, all the little rhyme play and these cliche <laughs> phrases well but we're I, artists we, we do that but this is what we do yeah <laughs> as artists and we should be able to think a little further beyond just uh, yeah. the rhyme scheme here exactly. but there there is there what we're saying is your desire to pray and be able to be in a place of faith where you want to glorify christ mm-hmm. with your gift trust him for what He's going to provide for you, whether he's going to call you into this full time or not. And if he does or if he doesn't, either way, your needs will be met. But you got to be diligent on your end. Yeah. And you got to pray and you got to believe. And I think I think, you know, when we talk about trusting the Lord, it's so easy to sing about trust. It's so easy to write about trust. It's much harder to trust. Yeah. You know. And so if I say I'll trust you, Lord. And and the the engagement is two hours away. Now I do have to consider that, you know, because I'm be honest with you, <laughs> with you. I I I did a service for a church once, and this is a true story. 
that was probably a 15-minute walk, 20-minute walk from my house. Mm-hmm. But it was in the dead of winter, and it was maybe a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> I had an 81 Monte Carlo <laughs> with a moonroof, you know, with that half vinyl top on the back. You know, it was my first car. It had the mag wheels. You There's know. a couple ways to describe this car <laughs> right, right. and the culture that comes with it. Exactly. But we'll leave that it alone. It was a real, it had the bucket seats, you know, the center console. This was my first car. And I, I remember driving, to, and, and there's one, there was two things wrong with this car. One, the moonroof leaked. So if ever it rained, I had, I had the, I had the plastic on the, <laughs> on the top, and then secondly, uh, the gas gauge didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I never really knew how much gas was in it. So I always tried to keep as much gas in the car as possible. And I remember <laughs> driving over to this church, which was probably a five seven minute drive, mm-hmm. and a foot of snow. And on the way back from that church, having done this service and got nothing, wasn't expecting anything, but. You know, it was the norm there. And yeah. You just come play, you do what you do, and you go. And on my way home, four, maybe four or five blocks on 17th Avenue in Patterson, ran out of gas uh. at a stoplight. Car shut off. Wow. It's a foot of snow. Wow. And I've got on my dress shoes, my shirt, I mean, my, my suit, my overcoat. And I'm thinking, you know, I thought I put gas in, and I thought I put gas, and I didn't. And I'm not kidding you, three days later, after walking home or walking to the gas station, I forget what I did first, I was in the hospital with pneumonia. Uh, wow. Five days in the hospital with pneumonia. Uh, uh, checked myself out because I was angry that, you know, that's a whole nother hospital experience. But, uh, but my point is, and I'm not blaming the church for this, but I didn't have money for gas. Mm. And I had just done a full service and some. You know, and so I understand the musician who goes through that and says, "Well, you know, I got to consider this the next yeah. time I go drive two hours away, or or somebody calls me to Florida and I got to get a plane. Well, are you at least going to take care of the plane fare, fare, right? And at least make sure I got three meals a day, right? <laughs> right. So that I've got mm-hmm. the stamina, you know, to to deliver this, right? You know? <laughs> and so, and that is not an issue of trusting God. That's just common sense, and I. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> You know, I don't think God's sitting there saying, oh, you got to trust me, you know, jump in your car and drive all the way to Florida. You yeah. know, I'm not Paul may have done it, you know, and I, but I'm not Paul. Yeah. And neither are you. <laughs> Amen. So, so there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, too? I think going back to how this thing all started, too, um, man, that is uh, very uh, heartbreaking to 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 see somebody just put out on blast Mm -hmm. this church this check um and it goes back to our little our little uh our phrase here pray and play Mm -hmm. and it kind of just again seeing that check sitting up on the social network and allowing people to just go off and rant and vent and all these you know contrasting feelings about it all and what you sparked up it's, it's unbiblical i don't think it was something that you did in prayer mm-hmm. um and and there are some really frustrated disgruntled and angry musicians in the church that are making a crossover because of bitterness and hurt and um and their changes and their transitions and they're bouncing around to different churches. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that is being done in prayer yeah. um, and trusting God. Well, I mean, I, I think something that Greg said um, 
in the beginning is he said he didn't even think to ask for payment. And uh, it just dawned on me, just even just attending this church, we always deal with like issues of the heart, you know, and like I, I believe it goes back to what's in a person's heart, the yeah. motive behind what you do. And um, that's how I always challenge myself, how um, I always keep myself before the Lord. Uh, because if, if ever I feel that, you know, you're doing it for pay, it just it just feels just wrong. You know, it feels like something's wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> very wrong with it. So and it's it's it is a very fine line because if you know you you have needs, we all have responsibilities. We all have needs that 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 need to be met, but I just believe God is just such a good God to challenge the heart and the motives of a heart. And that once he say, if you do have that motive of, I'm just, I'm just playing to, uh, you know, be paid. He will probably reveal that mm-hmm. not, not that he doesn't want to take care of you because right. you know, the word of God says he will provide for his children, but just to reveal that issue in your heart. So you can, notice it, acknowledge it, he can remove it. And then you move forward with a different motive. So it just, to me, I think it's always a good thing for any musician, any artist to just keep that motive, uh, that heart in check. What are the motives behind what you're doing? In my opinion. It's good. And also to know your limits too. I think as where this, some of this conversation is going to, to be wise about what you're, accepting to do and what agreements you're entering into and what you're not able to do, you know, because I think it's also easy, you know, when there are so many ministry needs, whether it's a small church and you have, you know, limited resources or even here at a big church where there's so much that we're trying to do ministry wise and to, to say, well, this needs to be done and this needs to be done and like pulling on people you know, who are willing and and ready and wanting to serve, right. you know, but also it, it's just a, it, it's just a balance. You like, you have to personally know, like, what is God, you know, calling me to do ministry wise, you yeah. know, is it X, Y, and Z this week? You know, am I able to make this commitment or am I, am I not? And, you know, and then money comes into it and it's a whole nother yeah. ball game. But I think we've also, you know, just in in working here and seeing like that there are certain things whether it's music wise or or that we as a church will pay for mm-hmm. and then there's a, there are certain things where we are you know asking you know just that it be out of out right. of service and out of the you know wanting to serve God in it and i i think it's important that we i mean obviously that we are always that like you said, that the motivation first is to serve God with it. Cause you know, we've seen, I don't know, I've seen where, you know, someone comes in not necessarily just to serve, but there's where the finances are tied up in, right. in it. Right. Yeah. And it, it's not necessarily working out great yeah. because, you know, initially there's not the heart to serve. Like I, you know, I think all of us here started ministry just as that, as volunteers and a certain point and at a certain point we got paid to do it or offered to come on full time or off, you know, and that, but always first there was the heart to serve always first. There was the heart to want to be used by God. And I think in, in some of these discussions online that we're talking about, there is so much of it is a focus. Like you, 
like Dave, you were referring to like church hopping, where it is a gig, mm-hmm. and you're you know these are maybe just musicians who are looking for a gig, yeah. but where is the heart to serve? Yeah, yeah. I think the key, key, another key element to that is because uh, when you talk about the a heart to serve, uh, and that and that needing to be the motivation for why we do what we do. Um, you know, scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. And it didn't say that because, you know, God doesn't want us to have money, you know, but it's the love of money and it, it will, it will truly show your stripes. It'll show your colors. It'll yeah. show your heart when money, be, when, when the money tap is turned off and you can no longer serve. Now, I'm not saying, because if I'm called to this, now, because we use that term called, you know, God called me to this. Well, if he called you to this and you answered the call, that means you've put your hand to this plow and you're not looking back. That means I'm doing this for the cause of Christ because I love him. When when Jesus was called to do what he was called to do, mm-hmm. he says, I do nothing other than that which the Father has called me or told me or instructs me to do and outside of that i'm not going to do anything else and so and that's all the way to the point of dying at calvary god called me to die at calvary for these people <laughs> you know and so i'm going to go and so because i'm called i'm going all the way to calvary and i'm not changing my mind doesn't mean i'm not going to struggle along the way i'm not going to be arrested and, and slapped and spat upon and 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 you know that's betrayed good. and all of that but because I'm called to this, I'm not changing my mind. I'm not going back. That's right. And so for those musicians who say they're called to music ministry, <laughs> you know, if you're called to this, then your motivation is the love of the Father. And the reason it can't be anything else is because we are deceitfully wicked. Our hearts are just deceitfully wicked yeah. and vile and dark, you know, thus the need of a Savior. You know, and you... Enter, you inject money into the conversation, I can easily begin to turn your motivations. That's why, like you said, some guys will hop, church hop. Mm-hmm. But not only will they church hop, they'll hop from the church yeah. Yeah. and go do something else that's more financially lucrative. So now where is your motivation? Is it the love of money or is it the love for God? Now, I'm not saying that the musician who's playing at the theater over, over at Wicked is a wicked guy or mm-hmm. a wicked girl. They got to family and they've got needs to meet as, as well it's a day job for them yeah. so they're sitting in the in the in, you know the in the orchestra pit and they're playing they're doing a job right uh and i think sometimes in the church we get a little spooky with that you know we get a little <laughs> fickle with that as right. if we only hire christian elevator repairmen yeah <laughs> you know or as if we only hire you know uh we only allow christian garbage men to pick up our garbage it's just <laughs> insane so that's not how we live. There are a lot of people that we pay to do services that are not Christians. However, I think on the platform of the Church of Jesus Christ that we have to we have to have that standard of righteousness. We have to have that demand for accountability and excellence. Yes. But at the same time, we also have to be checking the motives behind those people who come in, and if they and if they can easily be swayed by money, it tells us where their hearts are. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. You touched even just on really the centerpiece of it all, Jesus, and you mentioned his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that you mentioned Jesus and what he was called to do to go to the cross on our behalf. And in that process, there was suffering. And we tend to um, we tend to omit the suffering part yeah. of of what we've been called to do 
to be a, a reflection of Jesus Christ. Oh. And um, and musicians and uh, you talented young people that may be hearing this, I tell you, um, there are going to be seasons um, more often than none where your calling is a reflection of Christ's suffering mm-hmm. as well in the journey of what you do. Um, if you truly are called to it, just right. like you said, right. Greg, you know, so go ahead and let, let, if you really called to do what Jesus has called you to do, then take on everything that right. Jesus is. And, and what exactly has he called you to do? Right. We'll take a break <laughs> and come right back because we got to answer that question right after this break. Why on my clothes, I don't use anything but nature's bounty soap detergent. If you're having trouble sleeping, you just might need a cloud nine mattress. Tired of searching the airwaves for something meaningful to listen to these days? Well, on 570 AM, Times Square Church meets every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30, right in the comfort of your own living room. You will be blessed with preaching from God's Word, worship with the Times Square Church Choir, and awesome testimonies of lives that have been changed and are now being used for God's glory. So come and join us every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30 p.m. on 570 AM. We also stream live on the web at tscnyc.org. Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music, then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website, tscnyc.org, and click on Get Involved. And we're back, and we are having a very intense but revealing discussion uh, we did post this on Facebook, by the way, and so we're going to go to Facebook in a minute. But Dave, you ended off that last segment talking about if Jesus is has in fact called you to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And I had to ask the question: exactly what does that mean to be called to do what? Because yeah. I don't believe God calls a, mus- a, a, a a guitarist to play the guitar and just play the guitar. Yeah, I'm not called to just be a pianist. And just play the piano. Yeah, you're messing people up right now. Uh, absolutely. You're not called to just play the drums and just be a drummer. What are we called to do? Right. I mean, because I know a lot of musicians in the church are like, I'm called to play. Yeah, you're I'm called, called to, to play yeah. and to prosper. We're, we're called to see men and women come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. And I think that's where a lot of musicians have missed it. They have missed that Christ is their reward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sing it. We'll play to it, but we won't say that. No, Christ. So I'm, I've got to be satisfied with Christ being my reward. Yeah. You know, leaving this place and believing I'm going to another place. 
being here and knowing that I've got the, the spirit of God in my life, I've got this peace of God in my life, that I'm living for him, that I'm seeing my family change, I'm seeing my friends come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I'm seeing Christians being birthed, I'm replenishing the earth with new believers. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? That has got to be what I'm called to. And the tool, as you've used that phrase uh, quite a bit, what's in your toolbox? Yeah. My playing the piano is just a tool in my toolbox. Yeah. It's all it is. That's good. You know, doesn't mean it's it's less valuable, but it's just a tool in the toolbox to what ultimately lead somebody to Christ. Yeah. And I think we got a lot of musicians in the church, but we don't have enough Christian musicians in the church. Mm. Well, and I think this goes back to a lot of the discussions that we've had in the past on gifts and talents. And which led into calling where so much of the focus is yeah. on the gift. Mm-hmm. And I think even personally, like, I mean, as some, you know, for a musician or anybody who has a creative gift or whatever, and you're growing up and you're, you kind of focus even personally is on this gift that I have. And this is what I do. And this is what I like to do. And this is what I enjoy doing. If it's playing the drums or mm. acting or singing or whatever. And then, there's a desire then to serve God with it, but it's still focused on I've got to use this gift to serve and Mm. where the focus then stays on the gift instead of, like you said, like the ultimate, what you're really called to is to make disciples, to make disciples, to, to win people to the Lord, to, to spread the gospel. And and I guess how that ties back into the money then is, you know, your focus on, you know, if I'm a drummer, I have this gift to be a drummer. I want to use it for the Lord and I want to get paid because I got to support my family. And it's just that circle of all mm-hmm. of what you're looking for. It's my gift. It's the need. It's the serving the God and right, wanting to, right, to right. have your needs met. But then where is that calling that you're talking about? Exactly. Where does that fit into that circle? I wanted to um, tie in with... Uh, what Jesse said, which I thought was you, you were really talking about people just catering to their gifts and that becomes their motive, the very gift itself. Right. And uh, again, I just still keep going back to what has stirred up with this check mm-hmm. and putting these folks on blast. Um, and this person obviously feeling that his he's been offended based upon what he has contributed with his gifts. Right. And I feel like a little bit because I know this scripture was tossed around too in the process of some of the mm-hmm. comments that a man's gift makes room for him, mm-hmm. you know. And we've had this conversation about it too, but we're not looking at the full context a lot of exactly. times. And exactly. the full context of Proverbs chapter eighteen verse sixteen says, "A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before, before the great." Greatness. It doesn't say anywhere here that a man's gift makes room for him so that more money can come into his storehouse, makes room for him so that he can be wealthy. It makes room for him so that he can be brought before the great. And the scripture is actually a revelation of of us for those who have been given the gift that this space in this room that is given to us is so that Christ can be glorified Mm -hmm. on a larger platform. Yeah. Yeah. And then even those high and low would be able to recognize the glory of Jesus Christ. There's no way here also that says that this great king is going to pay him. Exactly. <laughs> so whoever yeah. has decided that the context of this means that my gifts going to make room for me and my right. check's going to get larger, right. you have taken the word of God completely out and of context. That has, well, that has been the error 
in so many circles. But I also contribute a lot of that to the fact that, because think about this, these musicians wouldn't have this mindset, nor would they have the opportunities to perpetuate this silliness <laughs> if leadership hasn't op- hadn't opened the door. Oh, here we go. Yep. Because churches have opened the door and says, you know what, I got to have good music, got to have great musicians, and 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 anything was allowed. Right. And I mean, I did this for thirty two years, and I was in my thirties before any single pastor that I've worked with. And I'm just going to put it out there: has ever stopped to say, "Hey, man, how you doing today? How are you in the Lord today?" Right. Bills are met. You, you healthy? Never. But as long as I was on that organ or on that piano or as long as I was doing choir rehearsals or as long as I was going to a pastor's anniversary service or helping the building fund special service, as long as I was doing those things, I was okay. And in some, mm. in many cases, I was dead on the vine wow. and nobody has asked. And so a lot of this stuff <laughs> that's yeah. happening in the church is a direct result of poor leadership because, and so you can't help but... Uh, to acknowledge the fact that some of the musicians who gripe about pastors, right, have some of them have legitimate complaints, right, about the leadership. Uh, and so, when you don't have that demand for righteousness from leadership, when you don't have that demand for accountability or that demand for excellence, and I'm talking spiritual accountability and spiritual excellence, not just musically, uh, and spirit and righteousness, of course. When you don't have that demand, then you open the door to perpetuate. The 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 vacuum as it is of talent and the church is crawling with talented people. When you start to sit them down and say, well, why are you why do you feel you're called to this? And some of the answers will be, you know, I've been playing all my life. Well, so what? Liberace has been playing all his life. (laughs) Hello. Okay. <laughs> you, you understand? Yeah. Hey, my, my, what's her name? My, Miley Cyrus is all oh, over the news this this past week, oh, man. doing this all her life. But so what? Doesn't yeah. mean she's called to this, to call to that, right? You know. And if she left the stage tomorrow, <laughs> she's confused with that at this <laughs> exactly. point. Exactly. You understand? And so I, I think that the church, unfortunately, and, and and again, we're not dogging the church, and it's not every church, but. I don't I don't believe that we would even be having this discussion if there was enough demand for righteousness in the body of Christ. And and as a musician who has been paid all his life since age 13 and mm-hmm. so I'm not saying you shouldn't or you can't be there are some ministries that can afford to pay right. and there are other ministries who can't afford but then what qualifies you to be paid what why what makes that musician think he was worth more than $15? Yeah. Um, because they've taken Proverbs chapter 18 out of context. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, I, I think we need to look back at this and look at the qualifications. Mm-hmm. And then when those who throw out the Levitical priesthood, that's a whole other discussion, because when they throw that scripture out, they also never talk about the qualifications of being mm-hmm. a part of that priesthood. That's good. There were some qualifications. You had to meet certain obligations, certain spiritual obligations, uh, qualifications, in order to even be uh, uh, qualified. So, no, everybody didn't get paid. And here's another thing about that verse, and I want to get to it later, but I'm, yeah. I'm holding my peace right now, at least a little bit. Um, <laughs> that that scripture also never talks about monetary compensation. It says the needs were met. That's right. I've got more needs than monetary. 
Are you with me? And yeah. so it doesn't just talk about that either. And so we got to start looking at this, for, in, like you said, in context uh, of Scripture. Uh, but we got to go to Facebook because I'm, I'm getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to take off. So <laughs> <laughs> This has actually been a really good um, dialogue on our Facebook page today. We just posted, a, you know, kind of a summary of of this other posting and just and just elicited opinions and thoughts from our uh, from our Facebook followers and we've and again we've got the gamut but it it was a good kind of real respectful dialogue <laughs> um, but I think you know one of the uh, just to start somewhere I'm gonna just want to start at the end actually because um, I think this will will give us some other things to talk about here Scott Zaccaroli who has been a guest on this podcast. So we can say his name. So we can say his name. Yeah. Um, and What's up, Scott? Hey, Scott. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in. But, um, you know, Scott is someone who works a secular job, uh, you know, provides for his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in recent years, God has just been, has put, you know, songs in him, songwriting. He's been writing and playing and singing and ministering through music uh, more and more over the last few years. But what he had to say was good. He said, you know, either $15 is all they could afford or all they felt his playing was worth. If a person doing ministry work is expecting a certain amount of money, they need to express that ahead of time and make sure everyone knows that. Otherwise, they need to receive with gratitude anything they are given. He says, I do not accept anything for any ministry-related work except basic coverage for out-of-pocket hard costs like a plane ticket. Makes the situation very simple. So here's somebody who, you know, because he is working to provide for his family's financial needs, then he can do his ministry free of that expectation and free of that, you know, you know, that kind of mixed motive of like, I want to serve the Lord, but where's my money, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And so then he can make that very clear. He has a very clear expectation going into it, which I think is probably very wise. And yeah, very wise and and quite honorable too. Yeah. You know, that here's a man who will, and I'm going to use the old phrase, go out, leave the cave, kill something, drag it home, feed his family mm-hmm. <laughs> and still do ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that that to me proves that his that his motivation is the love of the father, mm-hmm. you know. Because otherwise, he could be playing anywhere. He could keep his day job, yeah, and play the bar and do the gig at night. But that's not his calling. He doesn't feel called to that. He feel called to make disciples. And again, if you know Scott Zaccaroli, that's the only reason he does what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is making disciples. We're seeing lives change. He's going into some of the toughest places in the world to sing some of the songs God has given him. Uh, where where some musicians would dare go because yeah. they're above even that. They're mm-hmm. above going into the, the slums of, yeah. you know, Costa Rica or wherever, yeah. you know. And this is, these are places where Scott will find himself with just a guitar and just yeah. singing the song that God's given him. Yeah. I've got several young men and women that I enjoy bragging about who um, have been with me in music ministry for a long time, um, as far back as just their teen years where... Um, they were a part of Truce and Nikki Cruz Outreach with me, right? And and uh, they have committed their summers through the years of just traveling just throughout the country and overseas from Norway to London to all up and down the East Coast, volunteering their time um, to reach the lost uh, and allowing their gifts to be of service before the Lord. And um, 
And today there are s- several of them um, that are now full time in ministry doing what they did for many years on a volunteer level. Mm-hmm. But here they are now. Um, uh, you, so some of you know, we've brought Andy Minio uh, on this show before, but when he started with me, um, he just wanted to serve. But here's what's awesome. That that commitment to serve the body of Christ and to serve and, and to commit his his craft and his gift to reach the loss has not changed, mm-hmm. has not changed. And, and God has honored that. And the and the doors have opened for him to do this full time, along with several other uh, young men and women that are now either a lead pastor or there. I've got another young man named Alex Medina, who is a full time producer um, for a growing label. Um, and graphic design. He's a full-time producer and graphic designer. I, I remember when he came to me, he was like, I, I just want to produce beats out anything, you know? I, mean, mm-hmm. I think he was working on a little Casio keyboard when he first came to me, and I just I was like, I don't even, wasn't even sure if they were even, the beats were good, <laughs> you know? But he was so dedicated to growing and developing his craft simply so that he could stir the hearts of the lost. And now he's Full time, married, and 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 doing this, but it took time. It was it was season after season where he had to just wait on the Lord. And if it never happened full time, this this young man would these young men and women, all of them, I believe in my heart, would have continued to just volunteer their time. I was serving at the church once, and uh, remember going to service that morning, um, and the pastor had uh, dismissed the entire music ministry. There were some things going on in the house, and he decided, you know what, we're going to go without music mm-hmm. today. No musicians, no choir. This is going to be congregational. And he did it for about two and a half, but uh, not two and a half, but two weeks in a, in a midweek service. Yeah. Uh, got rid of everybody. Wow. Now, there wow. were some people on staff, got rid of them all. Wow. And, and, dared, and, I, and I say dared to do it because a lot of pastors will, a, a lot of pastors value the music so much that uh, I'm going to go as far as to say that if you took music out of some churches, you could drive a Mack truck right through the sanctuary and you won't hit anybody. Mm. That's what's happened in the, in the local church at a large scale, unfortunately. Yeah. Not, and again, not every church. I'm not talking about the overall church of Jesus Christ, but look at what's happened. You know, we talked about it with John Weingast a few weeks ago, how churches become so commercial yeah. and so entertainment driven lights, cameras, action that we have, we have program rehearsals yeah. for Sunday the week before. So in essence, we're telling God what we want him to do and how we want him to do it. I was just in on vacation, but I went to a church, stopped at a church in North Carolina, humongous makes this church look like a small church. Wow. It was massive. Wow. With three uh you Levels. know in the south it's it's just the, oh, yeah, you know yeah. it's just this so thing was massive. I mean 50 foot tall windows. I mean it was insanely big. And the you know what we call an annex they had like six of those. It was maybe six times the size of that. Wow. It was massive. That's huge. Yeah. And I won't mention the name of it, but I'm walking through and I have a friend who's, who serves there. And I'm walking through and I'm like, man, how many people does it take to run an operation? I mean, we've got a lot of people, but how many people does it take to run this kind of operation? And, and it was so big. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. But I'm sitting in the rehearsal and I'm watching the planning 
of Sunday morning. Now, it's one thing to rehearse for Sunday. It's one thing to have music rehearsals and choir rehearsals. We do that every week, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to script it out Mm -hmm. and then over here have all of your lighting cues for every song. And over here have all the bells and stuff that's supposed to happen. I mean, it was unbelievable <laughs> that I was sitting there and I'm saying, is there a production? I asked him, I had to ask him, what's the, what's the special occasion? What's the production? He said, no, this is for Sunday morning. Yeah, and I was mortified. <laughs> uh, you know, now maybe I'm a little behind the times, guys. You, t- you tell me, maybe I'm just a little out of touch. But I was horrified that what I was watching get planned for Sunday morning was all a part of Sunday morning worship. Mm. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, we've got lights here, don't get me wrong, but you don't see them flashing during you know, <laughs> during yeah. the worship. And, uh, you know, red, green, We're not green, using those smoke. elements to try and craft an experience, well, an experience that makes people environment. feel like they're getting in touch with God. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and you're I not grasping where, the emotion. Yeah, and that's a large part of the mentality mm-hmm. that has seeped into music ministry unfortunately and uh you know a lot of musicians feel like they they play a role in that crafting of mm. you know the, you know so i you know i was i was mortified I'm, i keep using that word because i don't have another word, yeah, <laughs> word to no, use yeah, to go to a church service that monday that yeah. sunday morning and the pastor says no music you know i'm tired of this no music and and we're just going to do church the traditional way you know, and then to come here and find out Pastor David did the same thing once. Yeah. Shut it all down. We're yeah. not going to do it. Just to keep the integrity and the purity on the platform, mm-hmm. we'll shut it down and we'll start all over again. Yeah. No, yeah. I would dare some leadership to do that. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder sometimes if you go into a church like that and strip every bit, strip down every bit of the aesthetics and yeah. the lights yeah. and the bells and the whistles, and you were to have your ushers pass out a hymnal right uh-huh. <laughs> just I, I wonder what that would look like uh-huh. pass out a bunch of hymn books right and then open up the hymnal just go to one hymnal and um no no musicians maybe just maybe just maybe just a keyboard player i don't know and mm-hmm. then let's just sing some hymns how, um, many, how many people would know hymns how many people would know them <laughs> and uh and then to announce, we're going to do this next Sunday. Um, see who's coming see, back. See who shows up. <laughs> the Word of God <laughs> says that, you know, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. And I'm just trying to just break down what that means. Like, God, what does that mean? You know, when you have music, and especially like skilled musicians, I'll be honest, it creates a, a, a an emotion. And I mean, especially yeah. when the progression is there and it builds and it calms down. But I'm like, God, does that involve what the scripture is saying? God is a spirit. Are you impressed with the tears? Are you impressed? Not to say mm-hmm. that sometimes tears come and sometimes they're genuine, but like, I, I just don't believe that he's impressed with that. He's impressed with, are you worshiping me in spirit and in truth? Because I am a spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only way I can be worshiped is in spirit and in truth. So that's my just hunger and thirst. God, please let me be worshiping you yeah. in spirit and yeah. in truth. Whatever that means. With music, I actually, it's funny, my mom, she pastors a storefront church. And she asked me to lead worship when I was on vacation no music <laughs> there's no musician mm-hmm. there <laughs> and the keyboard that they had it just i it just was difficult to play on so i just start singing 
I just start singing and it, it, it was very different. You just, you know, you, you looked out, you know, I closed my eyes for a while, but then you looked out and all you saw was just hands raised and just people singing to the Lord. And it mm-hmm. was amazing. We, we got to begin again, <laughs> yeah. uh, getting people to be worshipers first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and until we're doing that, there's always going to be a motivation for money, a motivation for, you know, coming before great men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always going to be a motivation of other things. If we're not worshipers first and doing this unto God, the door is wide open for all the motivations to creep in, sidetrack us, get us off track, you know, and, and, and have us pursuing all these worldly goals. Uh, I think that is clearly what's been happening in the church for you for a long time. But now it's coming to a point where it's at it's at a boiling point now because you've got non-Christians. Uh, and what, I'm, what I mean by that is that people who um, who know church but don't know the God that they sing about. You know, I, I often use the phrase that you, you can be wearing the uniform and not even know the game. Uh, so they know they, they've got some experiences with the church and they've, they've heard a few scriptures thrown around. And so they throw them back at you uh, without ever searching scripture for themselves, without ever knowing what the word of God really yeah. says about being uh, a disciple and what it really means about serving servanthood and what it really means about uh, humility, what it really means about uh, when it speaks about righteousness. And so, and what it really means when it speaks about gifts and talents, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they, they, they feel like these gifts and talents and terminology just relegated to their musical ability that what they bring to the table now should be valued more than, you know, and, and here's the other thing about value is value is only, it's, it's, it's really perceived. It's a perceived value. It's, it's like if I say to you, here's a gold dollar and it's worth $50 million. Well, it's worth $50 million to me. Think about it. Gold is just a rock. But what makes it so valuable? Because somebody said it's rare and it's valuable. Yeah. Not because God said, you can't even use it today as currency. No. <laughs> you know, but we, so value is really a perceived value. It's what we place on is what some man, some woman somewhere said that a diamond is a girl's best friend. Uh, that's another discussion. But, but you yes, know what it, I mean? Yes, it is. Because <laughs> them girls just went on and believed it. Yes, because they, some man, some woman placed a value <laughs> on that rock and said it's rare and it's worth this much and therefore you should pursue it. Well, it's the same thing with our, with our skills and our talents and our gifts. I think we have already valued them and we've decided what it's worth. We don't have enough time. <laughs> to talk about this subject uh-huh. in its fullness, but we're going to attempt to over the next few podcasts. So this is the first of a few podcasts on this discussion. We are talking about it on Facebook. We do want you to go there. We will not disclose the source of the check only because it needlessly exposes this church and the individual who received the check. Uh, and furthermore, it benefits nobody. nobody. It benefits nobody to expose that. That's if right. you want to try and find it, I guess you have to be friends of somebody who's a friend of somebody who's a friend. Uh, I, we won't we won't disclose uh, who posted it. And if you found it, don't put it on our website. We'll take it down. <sighs> Jesse, any last comments? No, I mean, there's. A, just want to thank everybody who has chimed in on this discussion on our TSC Music Facebook page. We haven't been able to shout out a lot of the good, you know, points yeah. that were made. Um, but you know, feel free to if you're hearing this, you know, hop on uh, 
TSC Music on Facebook and continue to share your thoughts on this. We'll be continuing to discuss it. So Awesome. Jesse, Tiffany, David, thanks for, for being here. This Thank is you. a hot topic, and we're going to continue to pursue it. Uh, and then I think the next time we come back, we have to go to more scripture and really flesh out in context uh, Levitical priesthood and your gift making room for you and all these other things that people have been throwing out not on TSC Music's website, but I've been seeing it on the original post that I found very, very interesting. So remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time right here on TSC Music with a Mission. Join my king in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we continue this conversation with part two of Pay for Play. <laughs>